For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade. And as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. I'll start off with you this morning. Randy, how are you doing today? Doing very well, Jeff. How about you? I am doing great that I'm here on the radio with you and Jake in the last bastion of sanity. And Jake, how are you doing? Doing well, Jeff. Thanks for asking. You are certainly welcome, my friend. I always get excited when, uh, you know, we're on the radio here on Saturday morning because we just have such a great radio show. I've been proud to do it with you guys for, gosh, I think almost 200 shows now. It's unbelievable the amount of things that we have covered over that period of time, and we're just looking forward to continuing to do this so we can educate and inform the people here the last bastion of sanity. We're really not here to sell anything. I think the way to describe our show is that we have the hearts of a teacher and not that of a salesman. And I think if you do have knowledge, you are empowered. So I'll just leave it that way, guys, and get on with the show. Well, let's start off the way that we do most weeks, and that's talking about current events. And it seems to me that we're sort of in a classic earnings recession. There was some information that came out about Home Depot. I'll let you guys take it from there. Yeah, Jeff, I think that, like you said, it's kind of a classic earnings recession. We haven't seen one of these for quite a while due to all the money printing that has been going on for the last decade, decade and a half. And I think people have kind of forgotten what it looks like. And, you know, as earnings come down, the companies inevitably start to lower their guidance, meaning what they're projecting for the next quarter or the next year uh, as far as their next earnings. And so they've been doing that. They've been lowering their guidance and they've been barely hitting the numbers that they lowered to. And everybody's cheering in great levity, which is ridiculous. You know, the numbers are coming down. They barely meet those numbers, and then they take numbers down again. So as earnings come down, uh, earnings is one of the primary components of what makes up a stock price. And so as earnings come down, the stock is inherently worth less if it makes less. If your business makes less money, it's worth less. How much less is a much more complex calculation, but less nonetheless. And I think that as earnings come down, that really starts to paint this good, bad, and ugly picture, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. You've heard that expression before, right? So the good news is stocks are going on sale, and there's lots of great companies out there that are very cheap, relatively speaking, to where they were 12, 15 months ago. I think that they are going to get cheaper, and so this will be a great opportunity to buy some of the stocks, some of the positions that we as a firm have been wanting to get a good entrance into, but also that some listeners can take advantage of. Uh, I'm not going to name any names on here because that's not really appropriate, but I think that there are lots of companies that are simply on sale, meaning there's nothing really wrong with the company. We're just able to buy the stock for quite a bit less. That's the good. The bad is is that you know we have to endure the pain for that mm-hmm. to happen. Right. And as things come down some more, while it does create opportunity, it also creates losses in client accounts, 401ks, things like that. If you're getting close to retirement, that can be kind of an issue. you know. We need to make sure that we're being prudent and being careful with the amount of risk that we're taking when you're in the retirement red zone, meaning the last five years or so before retirement. 
it's very important not to make any big mistakes there. And while I don't think this is going to be a super, super deep recession, the potential does exist for the ugly, right? Meaning we could be having an earnings recession while the Fed is forced to continue to tighten rates, Mm -hmm. right? Pushing the recession further down. And then we have a lot of other macroeconomic risks. We have the whole Russia thing, but we also have the Chinese relationship is not looking any better. It seems like every five minutes we have some other thing flying over us and they're threatening (laughs) us not to shoot it down. And we're like, uh, stop flying stuff over the top of us uh, or we're going to shoot it down. And, you know, I have a solution for that, by the way. If you don't want us to shoot it down, stop flying it over Yeah, of course. Um, Again, I guarantee you that if we flew something over their country, it it wouldn't even make it to the border. Probably not. So I think that, you know, the ugly side of this is, you know, if all that kind of converges at the same time, it could be pretty problematic. You know, if China were to invade Taiwan, there's some other kind of macroeconomic risk that nobody can really control. If those come into play, it could get bad. But again, ultimately... For those paying attention and those with a plan, this is going to be a great buying opportunity. But there's also a lot of money to be made right now in safe investments. And when I say safe, I mean I'm talking about where we're not risking our principal. Either right. That's not, not any particular product necessarily, but even like money market mutual fund accounts that are very, very steady, you know, they don't, they don't really fluctuate. We're probably about to see 5% interest rates on wow. those in the next wow. couple of months. 5% with no risk to your principal, that's pretty a good. pretty good deal, I yeah. think. And, you know, 5% might be a really big number this year, <laughs> meaning it may be hard to make 5% depending on the environment here. I know the market's off to a pretty good start for the first of the year, but, you know, it's also dwindling. And I think that reasons for the market to go up are kind of hard to find right now. We're talking with Randy and Jacob Floyd Financial Group, and we're talking about current events. And Jake, you've talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the fact that the good part of it is that for a lot of people, stocks are on sale. Should everybody take advantage of the stock market at this point in time and, uh, you know, gobble up this stock at discounted rates? Or is it just a combination of, you know, gobbling up a few good stocks and safe money? What would you tell the people listening to this who are really tempted about, well, stocks are on sale. I'm going to dump a ton of money into those. I think that is entirely dependent on where you are in your retirement journey, meaning if you're 35, you should be buying here, you should be buying next month, you should be buying the month after that, regardless of where it's at. Meaning if you're funding 401k, don't stop funding your 401k just because the market's down. In fact, it's the opposite. We want to buy when the market's down because then we get more shares per dollar. If you're getting closer to retirement, that's a little bit more of a tricky question, Jeff. We have to really know more about a person before I could say whether that would be appropriate. I will say that in our models, we think we're going to get a little bit better price than we're getting right here, meaning we bought some when the market was quite a lot lower. You know, we're we're looking to buy some things, but we're not putting money to work right this second. I think that for the average person, though, I don't know that just going out and trying to buy things is the right move. I think I think we need to have a plan, have to have a strategy to make sure that retirement goes the way you want it to go. It's not just about making money. It's also about preserving money when things are tough so that we don't get in a situation where we're drawing too far into our principal to take our income each month. So it depends on how much you have saved 
how much time till retirement. If you're already in retirement, how much money you're needing per month. These are all considerations that we really have to understand your goals in order to answer that question. But it could be appropriate, but it is something we can talk about when you come in for your no obligation consultation. And if you'd like to talk to Randy and Jake about what we've been talking about today, 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233 for your complimentary no cost, no obligation financial plan. And as far as the market goes, I understand that the average 401k balance at the end of 22 was down 20%, a drop from the previous year of 20%. That is quite interesting. Aren't stocks really a big part of someone's 401k or not? You know, Jeff, it just depends. You know, uh, today when we see people come in here and we talk about 401ks and how they're invested, one of the things that we've noticed is there's a lot of money in target-dated funds, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later in the program. Target-dated funds are those things where... Looking back over our shoulder the last 40, 50 years, advisors and portfolio builders have made the assumption that the old 60-40 portfolio, that is 60% equity, 40% stock, or a blend of stocks and bonds based on historical information still holds water today. And I will tell you that we have seen that that is kind of broken right now. So yes, sometimes we have what I would call S&P 500 funds, small cap funds, mid cap funds. For the most part, most 401k plans do not offer any individual stock picks. They generally are going to lean toward mutual funds. Uh, Some will offer an ETF or two in there, but most are leaning toward mutual funds and mainly target dated funds. So again, as people are looking at where they are in their retirement journey, it's going to depend on where you are as to what we pick and what should be in that retirement portfolio. And I will say this too, if you are past 59 and a half, you have lots of options Mm -hmm. to move out of that 401k and then the whole investment world opens up to you. Let's say that you are 59 and a half, or let's say that you're 60, 61, you're maybe three, four years away from retirement. You take a look at your 401k balance and you realize, as I said, that it has dropped 20% in 2022. That is a big, big drop. That's a fifth of your retirement income. You said that there are some options. So if you are past 59 and a half, you're able to roll money out of that 401k and into any type of IRA that you would like to. And so basically you can invest in anything from, not that I'm purporting any of these necessarily, I would just say you can do gold, you can do silver, you can do commodities, you can do the stock market, you can do the bond market, you know, you can do a combination thereof, you can do annuities if you would like, real estate, there's just an endless amount of things that you can do outside of your 401k and what's appropriate for each person really just depends on where they're at, how much money they've saved and really what they're trying to accomplish. So it's just a much better and more wide open environment for investing outside of a 401k. And the 401ks, it's not that they're bad, they're good. They're great for the employer Mm -hmm. to help their employees get retired someday. It's just that managing that as they have to kind of from afar, if you will, you know, they don't want to make the selection so broad that it's confusing to everybody. So that's why typically we see maybe 25, 30 different options inside a 401k is probably what we see on average, even from large companies. So you're just very limited. And so we like to, as soon as we can, get that money out where we can work with it and start building, especially if they're in the last five years, building that portfolio that's going to withstand any kind of financial weather and get them ready for retirement and starting to pull income. 
We're talking with Randy and Jacob Floyd Financial Group on our program, Show Me the Money, this fine Saturday morning. We've been talking about current events, a classic earnings recession, and just recently about uh, the 401k balances and how they are plummeting. If you have a 401k or basically any sort of investment that you want a second opinion about, or maybe even a first opinion, we're certainly inviting our listeners to call Randy Jacob Floyd Financial Group. Get in for your no cost, no obligation. Most importantly, there is no judgment at Floyd Financial Group. We invite you to come in for that financial plan. To get yours, 417-889-7233 is the number to call. 417-889-7233. As I said, it won't cost you anything, and there entirely is no obligation. There is no judgment. There's no pressure whatsoever. Just a chance for you to sit down with Randy and Jake, trade some ideas, and see if they can't uh, maybe build a better mousetrap for you. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Glad you could join us on this Saturday morning for Show Me the Money. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the many reasons that you might want to work in retirement. Yeah, and I can think of many reasons, as you said. We're going to break it down into basically two. So we'll discuss the first one here. The most obvious one that comes to mind, the reason why I would work in retirement is because I've got to have some money coming in, right? Yeah, that's one of the things for sure. But I like to always go back to what Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger said. Now, you know who Warren Buffett is. Oh, Many yeah. people may not know that Charlie Munger is his, his business partner of like 60 years. I mean, I think they were both teenagers that, when, they, when they started I think they teamed up on together. a paper route when they were children, yeah. <laughs> but they just said, you know, Warren says, never retire. Yeah, I mean that's just his deal. So I'm sure he'll die with a pen in his hand signing a contract. Probably so. But I think some of that has to do, Jeff, with as and and I don't I don't know. I guess I would say as as society in general. But you know, for us guys, I know that many times our identity is tied up in our work. Right. And you know that that's hard to sometimes just extricate yourself overnight from that. In fact, kind of saw this with my brother-in-law. He retired, had a great retirement, had literally millions of dollars. And uh, we saw that he went from a very active, mentally sound individual to where he was having a lot of cognitive impairment within just maybe 18 to 24 months after retiring. And so uh, that's one of the things, you know, some people just need to stay engaged a little bit. They kind of get depressed when they stop. Now, let me just say this. For every one of those people, I see about five that are ecstatic. Yeah, <laughs> they retire and they and they get to hang it up. Well, yeah. And in fact, what I hear all the time is, you know, I don't know how we had time to work. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of it is having a sense of purpose, right? And what that means for each person is a little bit different. But we have quite a few people that you know want to do charity work or like go you know work at Convoy of Hope or sure uh, you know or, or something of the like. I use Convoy of Hope as an example because everybody knows what it is. But there's for every Convoy of Hope, there's a hundred other things that you could right. donate your time to, or you know maybe even work part time, get paid a little bit, but not what you were paid when you were working. So you know whatever that purpose is, as long as you have a purpose, I think that's really what you have to have. Um, you know, after 16 years of sitting with clients, I think the sense of purpose is what matters. And right. If you have that, you're going to be fine. If, if you don't have that, then you need to find that because mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. Yeah. 
And as you said, Randy, I mean, most people are very ecstatic when you tell them they can retire or in the beginning, they're very ecstatic when they retire. But check back with them in like six months or a year or so when the novelty of not going to work is is worn off and you've cleaned out the garage and you've cleaned every cabinet in the house. You've maybe painted the shutters. You've done a little lawn work and it's all done. You look around and you go, well, now what do I do? Yeah, once in a while we hear that. I would say that's more a rarity than is it? than it is the norm. So we kind of got off on the philosophical part of this. So let's talk about the, the more practical reasons that people might want to continue to work. And it occurs to me that it's really just down to dollars and cents. That's one of the main reasons. Sure. You know, one of the things we know, Jeff, is that people are living longer today than they ever have. Right. And so, you know, that's one of the things. And people also, I would say, are generally in better health. I don't know if you remember your grandma when she was 65 or not. Oh, she's old. But I remember, that's yes, right. I remember my grandma Maggard on my mom's side. When mm-hmm. she was 65, she was bent over. She walked with a limp, yeah. you know, and every night she sat in front of the stove. When I was a, when I was just a youngster, I remember this, and she rubbed on her legs because they hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I just remember that, you know, and here I I am. I'm almost that same age, and I'm riding a bike 300 miles a month yeah, now and running 50 miles and swimming 15,000 yards. And I'm sitting here going, it's just a different time. It's a different world. So for people today, they want to be active. They want to keep going. They want to keep doing. And so uh, sometimes it really helps to have that extra income early on. And, you know, let's say this, if people retire at 62, we know that they're limited to making $20,000 a year. Mm -hmm. But many times that's the extra travel money and the things that they want to do in their early years of retirement when they're feeling their best and doing their best. So that's one of the big reasons to do it for sure is to have extra money. The other thing I would say for some folks is if you're ready to retire, if you're just really sick and tired of being sick and tired of what you're doing because you've been doing it for 50 years and now it's time to do something different, you know, that may be a brand new lease on life, as well as being able to put the finishing touches on your retirement plans, because now you got most of your debts paid off, you know, your kids are raised, and so you can put a lot of that money into the 401k plan, you know, get that tax money, keep it in your pocket, not put it in Uncle Sam's, and really round out your retirement plan. So really that extra money for travel, uh, maybe it's the transition that we need of time to go from full tilt to full tilt retirement on the other side of that. And then, you know, there's other things too that will come up like health insurance. Right. If you're prior to age 65, that is a major piece still that we have to consider. And you talked about longevity risk there, as you said. I mean, back in the day when my parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles retired, I mean, they retired at 65. They may have lived until 75, but today it's very common that if you've reached 65, you have a pretty good chance of living till 90. And I think about my parents. I think about my grandparents, my aunts and uncles and their retirement. They just had Social Security. A few of them might have had a pension, and they were just fine. Well, they were just fine for, you know, the 70s. I mean, what's just fine today? They were just fine with a black and white TV that was 19 inches. They were fine with one telephone that had a party line. They were fine with just one car that had, you know, roll-up windows today. Man, (laughs) the kids are complaining I'm poor because my iPhone is, you know, it's two generations back. Our car really doesn't have a, you know, navigation system. I mean, the definition of... Life's just tough. Yeah, it's tough, Jake. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm sure you, Randy, I'm going to sit yeah. down and have to talk to you about the good old days so you can appreciate all the things you got today. But what can is, you even buy a car with roll up windows anymore? Uh, you cannot. I don't think so. You cannot. <laughs> I don't think so. But I always like to say is these are first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the, uh, the Starbucks being out of the vanilla syrup that you like. Oh, or whatever, my God. You know? Hey, case in point, over yeah. this last weekend mm-hmm. in our house, we have a no touch faucet over the kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you just wave your hand over this little area, and it comes on, and you wave your hand when you want to turn it off, right? Yeah. So I wake up, and I think this was last Saturday or Sunday morning. I wake up, I wave my hand, and I hear this thing go, <laughs> you know? uh and, and no water comes out. Oh. So we call our trusty plumber that we have, right? Because I don't know what to do with this thing. It's got all these valves and actuators and stuff on it. He comes out, he looks at it, and this is a fairly young kid. He's a really nice kid, actually. We've used it many times before. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, he says, this actuator thing is broken in the back, but you should call Moen, your manufacturer. So yeah. we get on the line with Moen, and so here is me and my wife. She says, you got to download an app from Moen. This is called Moen Water, the Moen Water network or this something like this. This is just like a this. sink, right? Yeah, yeah. Now okay. get this. So we here we are. You know, we're trying to download this app. We get the app out there. And then there's something wrong with the screen because you can't get to where you can log in or set oh up a new account, right? Gosh, yeah. But we, but it, it happened to be this. Since we are older, we don't see as well now. We right. had made the font on our screen of our phone bigger so that it overlaid over the new customer or the new <laughs> registrant thing there. So I finally figured it out. And so we were able to register. We got logged in. And then we had to do a firmware update. Mm. And then we and oh then we had gosh. to do a fine-tuning. And then it kind of does, does a troubleshoot. And it goes through about a 10-minute, oh I kid you not, a 10-minute rigmarole. And it turns the water on. It turns the water off. This red light comes on. A green light comes on. A white light comes on. Oh. When the green light comes on, she said, now that's good. You're the final stage and then all the lights went off and she said okay now try it and i kid you not that stinking thing worked oh my gosh <laughs> so How do you I, like thought, I thought you were, i thought you were gonna say it turns out it's broken <laughs> no 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 it works it works perfectly and i don't even know where i was going with that now except for the fact that things are different today i think it was Absolutely, the fact that you yeah. know when i used to go to grandma's house we still had to go out now this is a true story we had to go out back and pump water yeah oh yeah Call me old-fashioned, but I kind of like just turning the handle on. Yeah, I like it too. But, I mean, I heard those stories too from my uh, mom about my grandparents. And, yeah, I mean, in the hills of Tennessee where my mom came from, they used to have to pump water out back. But it is frustrating these days for someone my age is that you just can't call somebody on the phone and have them talk you through anything. Anything that you call today has an extensive phone tree that is designed to keep you from talking to a live person. It is very frustrating, and uh, I don't know. I just get upset about it. Anyway, we're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group, and we're talking about working in retirement. We've talked about just the dollars and cents of why you might want to work in retirement. We've also talked about the fact that you just need something to do, some purpose in retirement. If you are working part-time in retirement, what are some of the things that you think people should be cognizant of as far as you know, taxation, that sort of thing? Sure. You know, a couple things I would say about taxation. People, you know, don't want to pay any more taxes than they absolutely have to, and neither do I. But we do have to bear in mind one thing. 
it's never 100%. It's always only a portion, right? right? So so just know that if, if we keep 80 cents on the dollar or 90 cents on the dollar, that's okay. Even if it's 70 cents on the dollar, we still got 70% of what we brought in there. So a couple things, uh, we alluded to this earlier, the fact that if you're under full retirement age, which for most people now is between 66 and a half and 67, right. that you can only make $20,000 a year in non-retirement income, income you work for, or you have to pay some of that money back. Now, the year that you're turning full retirement age, I think the limit now is like fifty-five or 56000 right. that you can make that year. And then after that, you can make all the money that you want. So what I would tell people is, you know, if you have hit you know, that magic age, and you are one of those that still wants to work. And there, uh, we do have those people that come in here and say, okay, I'm full retirement age, I'm 67. Now I'm going to sock away all the money that I can and just pile it up over the next three years into my 401k plan. Because, you know, now, I mean, you can put 30 grand a year into those things and do it tax deferred. So there's a lot of people that are doing that. They'll start their social security while they work and stack all that money. So there's just a lot of things that can sometimes make as far as working in retirement. Again, if you're not 65, the health insurance issue can be quite a good reason to do that as well. And sometimes it's just the fact that, you know, they just want to have, like we alluded to earlier, just have the extra money for those first few years to really take the trips and do the travel that they wanted to. So that's that's some of the reasons, you know, again, more money early on, health right. insurance, maybe just to save a little bit more money to hedge you against that longevity, like we talked about, into your 90s, maybe even 95. And Maybe it's just also to remain connected to your fellow workers that maybe you've known for 25 or 30 years that all of a sudden sometimes people can feel, you know, separated from when they retire. Yeah, and your workers sometimes feel like family. You've got your home family and then you've got your family at work. And we know family is very, very important. And certainly having a social network is very, very important. That is one of the keys to longevity. And for those seniors who are thinking about getting a job, there are a lot of jobs out there that you can do. I mean, last time I was in Walmart, there were weren't any, you know, 17-year-olds as greeters. They're usually somebody who's 75 years of age. And certainly there is a lot of value and experience. When I go into my hardware store, usually there is somebody there to help you who's about 75, who's seen it all and done it all. And there are a lot of jobs that young people just won't take anymore. So if you're looking for a job in retirement, it's going to really do you good from a financial standpoint, but also from a social standpoint. And we appreciate you, at least I always appreciate you when I come in to uh, take advantage of your experience. We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group, our program called Show Me the Money. Thank you so much for joining us here on this fine Saturday morning. If you'd like to get in and talk to Randy and Jake about what your retirement looks like, if you're, you know, five years away from retirement, you're ready to retire, maybe you're in retirement, Randy and Jake generally can always make it better somehow. If you'd like to start that conversation, call 417-889-7233 for your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial plan. 417 you can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, time for a break. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about two of the more prevalent investments that we see in retirement funds today. That is the target dated fund and the ETF. Right. We've heard it as a TDF and the ETF. And we don't mean Earl's Tobacco and Firearms down there in Branson. We're talking about exchange traded funds. So let's uh, open this up. Let's dig right in, Randy. First of all, what is a target dated fund? So a target-dated fund, Jeff, today we see these as just about the dominant investment inside 401ks. You know, one of the challenges we've always had in this country is we don't do a very good job of educating people about investments and how they work. Most people, if they come in and I ask them, you know, to describe to me what an equity is Mm -hmm. versus a bond or what a bond is versus a stock – they have a hard time with that because they just haven't been educated on it. Now, there's a lot of people listening to this program that I know are very well educated and know exactly what those are. But I would say that for the general public, they are very confused by what that is. And so when they go in and they sit down to allocate their 401k for the very first time, what are they looking to do? So most times people are going to go out and they're going to look and say, okay, well, let's see, which fund has done the best one year, two year five-year, 10-year, since inception. They're going to look at all those numbers out there. And generally speaking, they're going to chase the highest return. Now, there's one problem with always chasing the highest return. It probably is the highest return that you're going to get, right? (laughs) All right. So it's kind of like when we look right now today, over the last, you know, the economy's been kind of rough or or the market's been kind of rough. And so over the last little bit, people have dumped tons of money into the market segment, if you will, consumer staples. And consumer staples is things like Tide, you know, the things that Procter & Gamble makes and all the household names that you know, the Folgers Coffee, all those types of things. And so what happens is as people think, well, you know, if the economy is going to get bad, people will not turn off their utilities. They won't turn off you know, using Tide, they're still going to clean their clothes, they're going to wash their hair, you know, shave their face and do all those things, right? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, I was at Walmart the other day, I wasn't so sure, but the... the, um, Just just thinking that. Just thinking that. So anyway, uh, what happens though is because people believe that, they dump lots of money into those stocks, or if you will, that there's an ETF for that, an exchange-traded fund for that. And so what it does is it pumps up the price of those things. And there is a limit to everything, right? And so once you get to that limit, then, you know, there's downside and people are going to shift and go elsewhere. So it's the same way when we look back over our shoulder at all these target dated funds, they're looking back at a 40 year bond market that was basically down, 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 which means that as interest rates fell, those bonds were worth more than they were when they bought them. Plus, they got a really good interest rate because back, you know, 40 years ago, the 10-year Treasury bill was 15. Now, today, it's about 3.8. It's been as low as 0.53 in the last three years. But since we're on the uptick now, bonds are really playing against the investor because they're typically losing money there. Now, if you're buying some of late, some short terms, you can do pretty well. But if you've got long-term stuff in there, you've seen a pretty significant devaluation. So the problem is, is when we're trying to use a target-dated fund that says, hey, looking back over our shoulder, this is what has worked. We have more equity when we have more time, and we have more bonds when we're looking short-term. I'm not sure that holds water in every case anymore, but what it really does is it is a way for people to say, oh, wow, so all I do is calculate where I'm at and how many years it is till retirement. 
And I know that, well, I'm going to retire in 2035, so I'm just going to go into the 2035 fund. That way I don't have to worry about it, don't have to deal with it. And I got to tell you, we've seen some real problems with that. Just looking at the data and looking at the performance, it's just not good. Investing is just not that simple. And I think a lot of people want it to be simple. You hear these stories over the last, you know, 40 years. I just bought and held, you know, just buy it and hold it. And that's okay if you have an unlimited time horizon. Right. Mm-hmm. If your time horizon is the next hundred years, then yeah, you can buy and hold. But I think that it's an oversimplification of an extremely complex market to say that I can just do this and forget about it. And I think that Wall Street has kind of perpetrated that myth a little bit on people because they don't want them picking up the phone and calling them all the time. They want to minimize their work. So when the markets are not doing well, the client doesn't pick up the phone and call them because they know they're just supposed to buy and hold. I think that's really how that came about. So again, people want it to be simple, but it's just not simple. And that's why you need a guide. You need a plan right. to, to really bring this thing home in retirement. Yeah. And that's the reason why you need Floyd Financial Group. I know that Randy just explained that. A lot of people will have gotten it and some people will have said, well, that's a little bit over my head, but that's why you're there. You're sort of like a Sherpa that you can take people by the hand and explain these things to them. And again, there's no judgment if you don't understand it. I mean, we haven't been in your business for 30 years. We don't expect you to understand everything that we've done for the past 30 years. So to break down the target dated fund or TDF, as I like to call it, in a very simplistic way, target dated fund, meaning that our target date is going to be 2035. And there's some investments in that fund that hopefully will get us to where we want to be in 2035. Now we've talked about what went wrong with that. That is one of the prevalent forms of investments. Let's switch over and talk about the ETF. As I said, it's not Earl's Tobacco and Firearms, but it is Exchange Traded Funds. Can you break that down for us? Sure thing. So the exchange traded fund, what we love about it is it's a lot more nimble than a mutual fund. So a lot of people may or may not realize that let's say that you go into your 401k and you decide that you want to change your mutual fund allocation. When you do that, it does not take effect immediately. Everybody gets the same price at the end of the day. No matter if you sold it at 9 a.m. or, you know, at close of market, everybody's going to get the same price when they calculate the net asset value. So if you're really looking to be nimble in some situations where markets are choppy and really hard to predict, kind of like, oh, I don't know where we've been the last three years, you know, it could be that there's a big advantage to the ETF. The other thing is the ETF expenses are much lower and it really does it set us up to be competing with a manager. If you think about this, if you hire a mutual fund company, you've hired a group of managers that run that mutual fund company to manage a portfolio for you. Now, when you go in and you overlay other mutual funds, let's say you go down the list and you think, hey, that looks good, pretty good return. That looks good, that's pretty good return. Hey, that looks good, pretty good return. And you divide it up a third, a third, a third. What you really don't know is what kind of overlap do you have underneath that I can tell you that there will definitely be some overlap in most cases there that you haven't thought about. You know, Apple alone is 7 or 8% of the entire stock market. So mm-hmm. if you picked a technology fund, if you've picked a 2035 fund, if you've picked an S&P 500 fund, you've got Apple in there every time. <laughs> you know, so you already right. have overlapped and maybe you did, maybe you meant to, maybe you didn't mean to. But when we look at ETFs, the biggest difference is they're lower cost. They trade immediately like on the open market. So if I go out and I sell 100 shares of I IBM, immediately that goes through the system and it locks in a price as it sells there. It doesn't wait till the end of the day to calculate. And like I said, many times it makes a lot of difference as to what the price is now versus the 
end of the day. Just like the biggest down day during the pandemic, you know, the difference was probably, what would, what would it have been, Jake, the difference between 9 a.m. selling and 4 p.m. that day? Yeah, so on uh, March 23rd, 2020, the market opened about 2% down and closed 13% down. Ouch, there's a perfect example of where the mutual fund would have not have served you. The other thing is, when we look at the ETFs, we're able to go out and we're able to buy the market very specifically. And what I mean by that, you know, everybody says we need to be diversified, right? We don't want to have one stock. We don't want to put all of our $4 million into Enron, right? Enron. (laughs) Big big mistake, you know, (laughs) or to Kmart and Sears, right? So when we go out there, we want diversification typically the way we use ETFs, and there's many different ways, there are managed ETFs today that have a little bit more cost to them. There are what we call unmanaged ETFs that just basically work by market sector. And so market sectors are like the, think of the stock market grocery store. So we have, you know, we got meat, dairy, produce, dry goods. So in the stock market grocery store, the ETFs, we have sectors like technology, real estate, manufacturing, consumer staples, consumer discretionary, you know, we have utilities, we have oil and gas, you know, those are, there's 11 different market sectors that we can invest in. Now, at any given time, some market sectors are doing better than others. And part of our job here is to know and navigate how market sectors may move looking forward. And, you know, knowing when certain market sectors get too pumped up too high, like we talked about earlier with consumer staples during times of trouble. The other other thing is utilities are the same way because people say, well, people, People aren't going to turn off their power. And that's right. They generally don't. But eventually, a sector gets pumped up so high that it no longer makes sense to invest there because we're probably getting to the top and headed for a downside on the other side. So the ETF gives us the ability to diversify at a very low cost and really zero in on certain market sectors that are in favor and we get the efficiency of being able to trade immediately. So I think those are the key factors people need to understand about exchange-traded funds. And, you know, they're very transparent. We can go out there, we can see what they're holding and uh, how your money gets divided up uh, when we look at the holdings detail. And this is, you know, some of the things we like to educate people on. If they want to know, you know, we like to show them kind of how everything plays out. And, and they go, oh, you know what? That really makes sense for a change. I, I hadn't thought about that. I didn't see that. I've never seen that before, we hear, you know. So those are the things we like to do to help have people feel connected to their investments, know why we're buying what we're buying and what's going on. And this conversation, I think, is really a great example of why you need a financial advisor who really understands these things, someone who has your best interest at heart and can really break it down for you. And as we've said, there is no cookie cutter plan. There's no one answer for everybody out there. Floyd Financial Group designs individual plans, especially for your hopes, your visions and your dreams in retirement. And a TDF or an ETF could very well be a part of that. If you'd like to get in and sit down with Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group and break it down like this and see if there is a better mousetrap to be built, call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233 for your no-cost, no-obligation, most importantly, no-judgment financial plan. There's no time like today to get it started. We can't affect what happened yesterday and the mistakes that we made, but we can affect what happens today and tomorrow. So pick up the phone and call 417-889-7233 to request your appointment on their calendar. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. People of the Ozarks. 
step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money because we're back with more Straight Talk with Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about you need to beware, Jeff, of the annuity house of mirrors <laughs> yeah. slash horrors. <laughs> Anybody who's been to a carnival, it's always fun to go to the house of mirrors because if you're a big person, you can step in front of the house of mirrors and all of a sudden you're a skinny person or, you know, you make funny faces and that sort of thing. It is an illusion. And you got to remember that when you step out of the house of mirrors, you're back to the real world. And a similar thing happens with annuities. I mean, there are a lot of annuity salespeople. And I know you're not annuity salespeople at Floyd Financial Group. I mean, you have them. They're available. But you really put people into all sorts of other investments. But there are a lot of annuity salespeople who just sell annuities and they do use the mirror sort of technique there. So let's break that down a little bit and talk about some of the things that appear to be what they're really not. So let's begin this conversation by talking about the different types of annuities. And the first one is an income annuity. Right. So I think the first thing we need to do is just briefly educate people about the two basic types of annuities and then what falls within those two basic types. So number one, there's this thing called an immediate annuity. And Jeff, for those that have pensions out there, many times pensions are funded with what's called an immediate annuity. And that is, you know, we work a lifetime and we amass a lump sum of cash and they say, hey, you can have this 500000 or you can have, you know, $20,000 a year guaranteed for life. And so if you take the $20,000 a year guaranteed for life, that's an immediate annuity in many cases. And it's just you trade the lump sum cash for that guarantee of payment. In many cases, it will pay both the husband and the wife or the wife and the husband or whatever the case may be. And that's all well and good. But once we make that decision, you really can't change it, right? So it's, it's in stone and that's it. So that's the immediate annuity. The other type is a deferred annuity, and the deferred annuity just basically says, hey, if I'm not ready for retirement yet or not ready to withdraw from this annuity, I can put it in there, and it's going to give me some type of accumulation where mm-hmm. I can later draw money out of it. Therefore, it's why it's called a tax-deferred or deferred annuity, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's the two types, basically. Then within those two types, we can have a fixed annuity. It looks similar to a CD, which basically will pay a fixed amount of interest, which, by the way, those things look pretty good today. Many are north of 5% guaranteed. Right. When we look at the next type is a variable annuity, which is where we have, you know, tied directly to the stock market, invested in the market, and you have profit and loss based on what market does there. And then we have the combination of the fixed annuity and the variable annuity that's called a fixed index annuity that tracks some type of an index, which gives us a zero floor and then a portion of the upside. And we have to really be careful when we're looking at the portion of the upside that we may be able to get or not get. So those are the basic two types, immediate, kind of like a pension, right. deferred, we're going to wait and take it later. And then, of course, we got fixed, which looks more like a bank CD, only it's issued by an insurance company for a number of years. The variable, which is tied directly into the stock market, we have profit, we have ups and down swings with that. And then we have the FIA that gives us the downside protection while giving us a portion of the upside. And then actually, Jeff, there's probably one more addition I should talk about. Okay. And that is this newest thing called, it's not new, but it's, it's, it's gaining a lot more favor now because the companies are focused more on it. And that's called a RILA. That's a registered right. index linked annuity. And what it basically does is gives us the ability to have a buffer to the downside and give us a lot more of the upside. 
So with all of this, some things to be aware of that come along with all of these that may or may not be what you want as an investor. Now, the thing that Jake and I always look at here is we sit down and we look at all these products and we're always scanning these things. In fact, Jake mm-hmm. says, are you looking at another product? He said, you know, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and I say, well, I just want to be sure, you know, <laughs> that, we're, that we got it all figured out for everybody. So right. anyway, the first thing is when you go in and you sit down with whoever your advisor or potential advisor may be, and they say, listen, this has got a 30% bonus. And there's those are out there. I mean, right now, oh, yeah. 30% bonus. Oh, yeah. So, Jeff, when was the last time somebody gave you 30% additional on anything for free? <laughs> I would the say is never. it's been never. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So while a bonus can be a good thing, depending on its structure, it is not free money. Yeah. It is truly not a bonus. You're going to have a, a cost attached to that, and you need to figure out if for some reason or not that cost justifies itself. And I will tell you that in most cases, it does not. But that's not always the case. It depends on what we're looking for and what niche we're looking for that to fill. The second thing is income writers. Many times I hear people come in and say, hey, you know, I saw this guy last week and he had an annuity that guaranteed me an 8% compound for 10 years. I said, yeah, and the only way you're going to get it out of there is withdrawing it out 5% per year, which means it takes 20 years to get your money out of there at mm. the best you can do. 20 years. And I said, it's never going to be you know, a death benefit. It's never going to be something you can pass to your spouse. It's never going to be something that you can cash in and walk with. That 8% compound is simply there for one thing, to build you an income base, and then you can only draw it out at 5% per year. So the best you're going to be able to do to get that money out is to draw it out over 20 years. So you have to really be sure that you understand what's happening with these compounding numbers. And the second thing I would say, an 8% compound guaranteed for 10 years. Come on, people. We, we got to think about financial markets and how things work, right? Yeah. Third, there's this thing called a death benefit rider that you can put on. And the death benefit rider can make some sense, again, depending on what you're doing. But again, the death benefit rider may say, hey, we're going to give you the highest account value or basically where you start in a 5% or a 6% compound per year looking forward. The challenge with that one is you have to die. <laughs> to get that benefit, oh, really? right, Jeff? Well, what good's that going to do me? I mean, it doesn't do me any good, but if you're looking to do your beneficiaries some good, it might be okay. Right. Right. But again, you have to always weigh the fee against the benefit because all of these things come with a fee. So, I mean, just knowing that, and here's what we often say here at Floyd Financial Group, we know that fees are the biggest drag we have on performance looking down the road forward. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to pay a fee once in a while? Yes, it absolutely is. It just depends on what the fee is. Right now, there are some companies that will allow us to buy up more upside Mm -hmm. of the market or the index that you're tracking with a fee. We always go out, run the numbers, look at it, and then we can tell you if it's worth it or not. In many cases, it's simply not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody's situation is different. What we're trying to accomplish in many cases with different clients is different. But here's what I would say. In most cases, none of these writers really make sense in most cases because it's just extra expense added. And again, I don't know about you. I've never had any free money. No. Me neither. Except for maybe a 401k where the employer matched it. That's the only time. That's true, but I had to work to get that. You're exactly right. (laughs) 
know, so I mean, it's like there is no free lunch, right? Right. So beware, you know, of people from the government saying, you know, I'm from the government, and I'm here, <laughs> I'm to, here help, to help, right? You, it's yeah. the same way. With, <laughs> it's the same way with. And let me say this, and, and I don't mean this in a in a in a harsh way at all. Many of the people that are actually out promoting these products right. do not understand them themselves. That's interesting. You're selling something or you're providing something and you don't understand it. And I know that's a scary thought to a lot of oh, people. Yeah. yeah. I mean I think I think if you go to Home Depot that's the case too. Or wherever, you know, sometimes <laughs> what does this do? you know, I don't know. People, <laughs> well, I mean Honestly, in a lot of big retail stores, it's just hard to find somebody in general, a mirror fogger, if you will. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do think, like Randy said, it, it takes a lot of time and you have to want to understand these products in order to truly understand them. And sometimes that requires going above, you know, the internal sales guy. Sometimes right. you got to get on the phone with the guys who who designed it so that you can really understand it and that's just simply going way way too far for most advisors most most of these guys so i think that having a real understanding is key not not a i think i understand we need to really understand right. what it is that you're buying and or using for your retirement you know cuz cuz it's Something you're only going to do one time. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to get it right. We need to not uh, be like, well, I hope this works out. That's that's not a right. good strategy. Yeah, hope is definitely not a sound financial plan. That's why I love you guys at Floyd Financial Group is that you really understand this stuff and you break it down for people who may not have been in the financial services business for 30 years like you always have. I've run into people who say, I hate annuities. And what I'll do is draw three little images here, an arrow going up, an arrow going down, and an arrow going going sideways. And I tell them, listen, if you could have an investment that would go up, go down, or keep sideways, and you had to take one of these away, which would you do? And they always cross out the arrow going down. And I said, well, you've just described a fixed index annuity. It can go up, but it has a floor of zero, or it can stay the same. So when people say, I hate annuities, they just maybe don't understand them, or there's another ulterior motive in that they want your money in the market. We're talking about the Annuity House of Mirrors with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. And with that upfront bonus that we talked about in the beginning, that is something I've heard a lot of annuity salespeople mention. And they make it sound like if you put $100,000 into an annuity that you'll get an instant $20,000 up front that you can spend or you can invest. But that is just not the case, is it? No. In many cases, what will happen, though, is if you uh, take that 20% bonus and you die tomorrow, your beneficiaries will get that. <laughs> okay. So that can't, but, it can't but happen. Again, you but die. again, you, you, you got to die. You, you have to that's right, to get to get that okay. to happen. So I'm not so sure that in most cases that serves anybody very well, honestly. Right. But it is interesting, some of the things that we see and we, we hear out there. And, you know, when people come in and, and they tell us, you know, they got an 8% compound guaranteed for 10 years, we obviously know that that is an income rider and it's really right. not what it's cracked up to be. And we need to make sure that we educate the client and show them what that really is. Because what we really like to do, if we're going to use use an annuity contract. We want to use an annuity contract that will actually be able to earn money when markets are good. And yes, we're looking for a certain amount of downside protection. And depending on how much downside protection we're looking for, we'll use a different tool in in many different cases there. But I think that it's important that people know that 
We want something that's actually going to perform and make money when markets and financial systems are working and then have some protection when things go down. And that's part of many pieces that we use to develop a good, solid plan looking forward for retirement. So when it comes to annuities, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. There is no free money. We're talking about annuities with Randy and Jake here, Floyd Financial Group. If you want some further explanation about annuities and how they may fit into your portfolio, again, a no cost, no obligation. No judgment financial plan is available for you. Call 417-889-7233 to get yours. 417-889-7233. Or you can request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. But most of all, certainly I want to thank all of our fine listeners here in the last basket of Sanity Springfield, Missouri for listening. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out. Have a great weekend. This great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.